Welcome to the IBJJF podcast, the official podcast of the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Tune in to hear interviews with the top coaches and athletes in the sport, as well as breakdowns and analysis of the biggest events. Let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Danny, and I'm here with Professor Guy Mendez. We just got done with the 2022 Worlds, and Guy and his team had an absolutely huge weekend. Guy and his brother, Hoffa, got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and a lot of your students had some amazing performances. So, Guy, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Yeah, so do you want to start out talking about the Hall of Fame induction? It was a great ceremony that took place right before the Worlds Finals. You and your brother, Hoffa, got inducted into the Hall of Fame, which is a very exclusive uh, club to be a part of. So I'd love to get your thoughts on what you thought of the ceremony and just what it means to you to be in the IBJJF Hall of Fame. Man, uh, it, it, it means a lot because uh, I started training Jiu-Jitsu when I was 11 years old and I dedicated my, my whole life to, to the sport. And I think any kind of uh, recognition that I can get, like uh, it, uh, it just get, keeps like motivating me and uh, yeah, and uh, it's very special. For sure, was uh, was really nice like, to to be with like other people that were also part of my generation, like being with uh, Bernardo and the uh, uh, Lapri, Andre, and my brother. I think like uh, we were all basically from the the same generation, and uh, yeah, it, I, I was really happy. It uh, was an awesome moment for us. Something that I I really wanted to be a part of. Like when I stopped competing, like uh, I when IBJJF first announced, they said that one of the requirements. I don't know if it's still like that, but the first uh, requirements that they they said was like to be a four times world champion. And uh, I remember before when I was competing, that was one of my goals. I was like, I want to make sure I'm. Uh, I can make it to the Hall of Fame, like so. I need to win like at least four uh, black belt world titles, and uh, yeah, um, it was it was amazing. It was a great moment. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah, it was a great, great ceremony, and I think it was cool how it not only highlighted your accomplishments as a competitor, but also everything you've done for the jiu-jitsu community through your academy, the Art of Jiu-Jitsu, and your online platform. You guys have had a huge impact on the entire community, not just through your matches as competitors, but through through other things, through your teaching and through your presence online. So it was it was great to, to show recognition for that as well. Yeah, I, I feel like that's what's most important for me. Like I'm pretty open uh, about that. Like I, I like it, my campaign as a competitor. I think that build up a lot of like that confidence in uh, my abilities and like it build my character a lot. But like I'm very proud of like the work that I start doing after I compete because this is uh, basically it's like what I'm very passionate about, you know, like I, I like it competing, but it was basically like a, a way of uh, building the credentials to do what I do today. So uh, that's what like uh, I really love doing when I think about uh, jujitsu and I think about what I love, love about it. It's more uh, related to building a community and uh, being able to share experience and meet different people 
that's the part of uh, the jiu-jitsu lifestyle that I'm very passionate about. Uh, I use like a competition just as a way to build credentials. Like I, I like that. I like to be there, but it's not like my real passion. Speaking of the work you did after you stopped competing, you have a lot of competitors that you've invested a lot of time into since they were kids. You've brought them up to the black belt level. And one of your, your best competitors or most accomplished competitors is Tynan Dalpra, who had an absolutely incredible performance at the 2022 Worlds. He won his first world title in 2021, and then he came back about six months later and won his second in the pyramid in Long Beach. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Tynan's performance. He had four matches. I believe he had two submissions, including one in the final over an incredibly tough opponent. So what were your thoughts on Tyne and, and his, his campaign at the 2022 Worlds? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I always talk about about him uh, in, like, every interview and uh, how close we are. Like, I, I'm, he started training with me when he was a little kid, and uh, he was by himself uh, here. So both of his parents were living in Brazil when he was uh, 14 already. And he stayed with me, so that created a huge impact, like in uh, our relationship. Like he's like a, a younger brother or a son to me, and uh, that for sure makes it like even more special. Like uh, I want to highlight the fact that, like man, like uh, I, it's even surprising for me how much it keeps getting better, competition after competition. Like last year, I, I thought it was incredible, like uh, a kid that it's. Uh, 20 years old, go there and win a black belt in the first year. And uh, it is, it was always hard to do that, but like it gets harder every year with the level that we see in competition. And uh, he was able to do it in the middle, middleweight division, which is a division that it's very, it's very hard, it's very complicated. You get like a new talent every year. And I thought it was an amazing campaign last year, but uh, after that, he just kept keeps getting better and like when he competed at uh, Europeans he was able to have an uh, excellent performance then competed at Pants another great performance but uh, awards was just mind-blowing like uh, I, I see a lot. I try to compare a lot his uh, performance um, in each competition because he's always competing against the same people it's always the top like four guys in the division going against each other and uh, He's able to dominate more and more. Every time he touches the person, he gives like he comes with like a feedback, and we work on like implementing new things. And uh, and the, the next time he fights a person, it's something totally different and like more dominant. Uh, yeah, I was very proud. Like uh, the the best match in my opinion was against uh, Ronaldo. I Ronaldo is a very tough competitor. Like. They trained before when Taina was, uh, I believe Taina was a juvenile and the Ronaldo was already a purple belt. And uh, they were part like of like the same training. And uh, it was a tough training already. Taina already had like a, a good level when he was uh, in the juvenile. But like I, I see Taina growing, growing every time like he competes against the, the, these opponents. And uh, this time he was able to completely dominate the Ronaldo which was uh, was mind-blowing for me uh, when I was coaching him. Like, we were expecting him to win because that's what we train for and you need to go with the mindset that you you expect the victory. But, like, uh, the way he dominated and, like, 
passing the guard so fast and like taking the back and I know it was just for me as as a professor like I get really motivated to keep studying even more and like uh, and try to see like what level he can get. Let's move on to another competitor who represented AOJ at the Worlds, Talison Suarez. It was a really interesting storyline when he announced that he'd be doing his camp for the Worlds at AOJ, and he talked a lot about his admiration for you and your brother Hoffa as competitors. Can you talk about what Talison brought to the Worlds camp and also how you felt about his performance? So I, I know him since he was really young too, but he was never my student. So like uh, we trained multiple times before, like when he was like, uh, I think, juvenile or blue them purple and brown. He visited AOJ a couple of times. So I, I, I know him uh, for, for a while. And uh, last year, I think it was like in uh, November or December, he contacted me asking if he could uh, join the training camp uh, for Worlds uh, at AOJ. At first, like uh, I, I was kind of like telling him, like, oh, I don't know if it's a good idea because uh, that's not like the style of work that we do, like just for a camp or like a, normally, like I try to work with the athlete, like for, for a long time to build something together. And uh, we kept going back and forward and talking and trying to come up with an, a good idea that would make this uh, work. And then we met again at the Europeans, which he won uh, the division. And then uh, I told him that I would give it a try and I would let him like come and uh, train for uh, four worlds. Told him what my expectations uh, were and like uh, he told me like what he was, uh, what his idea of like uh, after the, the, the competition would be and like how would keep that relationship and keep working together. Like uh, we created a plan. And then, uh, but for Pence, he was not training with us yet. He teaches in Australia. He has an academy there. And uh, then he lost in the finals at, uh, at Pence. I was watching the match. I was not coaching him, but I was watching. I saw him like he lost. And then uh, whenever we saw the, the list of competitors for uh, Worlds, then uh, I saw that we would have a chance to compete against the same opponent and like show like the, the difference in his uh, jiu-jitsu and his strategies and like everything. And uh, I was uh, inside of me that was like the match that I wanted for the finals because uh, how can you show the difference if he's fighting like different people, you know? So I think the best way for uh, for us to really show that improvement in uh, in a short period of time would be if he fights exactly the same opponent that he fought at, at pants. And uh, I really wanted that to happen. So I, I studied the match with him. I watched and uh, I told him what I wanted him to change in training and uh, what kind of approach would uh, make it easier for him to have a successful campaign at Worlds. And uh, man, like he was uh, a great student. Like he did everything that I was telling him to to do. Like uh, he stayed like uh, very committed to every single training session. Always asking for feedback. Always, uh, always trying to study. Like watching the fights and uh, the result could not be different. Like he was, uh, he was already good. Like I, I, 
I think like uh, the way I see Tyson, uh, my my influence on Tyson is very different than than Tynan. Tynan is someone that I had a lot of influence like in every aspect of like his uh, career. And uh, with Tyson, I had the chance to show a lot of like uh, how I can uh, make small adjustments and that can create a good result can now or can change the result. So like we had six weeks to work and um, we would have basically the same challenge that we had for pants. And uh, yeah, we were very successful with that. Like he, the, the, the fight was totally different than the fight at, uh, at pants. He applied everything that I told him to do. He grew a lot like uh, in training, like his mindset, his, uh, his uh, approach, and uh, I'm sure like he'll carry this experience, and uh, hopefully we are gonna keep working together, and you guys are gonna be able to see even more. Like he's uh, he's someone that I really like it to work with, and uh, and I, I I hope like we can keep that relationship and keep working uh, together more and more. Yeah, you mentioned that that was a final that you wanted to see again, and you could definitely see your influence on Talison in the second match. At Pans, it was more of a, a sweeping battle back and forth, and at Worlds, Talison really showed some of the top game improvements that I'm sure you had a huge influence on. Yeah, that that was basically one of like the main things. There were like many different things that I pointed that I wanted him to fix, but uh, I wanted him to trust more his uh, top game, his passing, and like. I I knew that would be something that I could uh, influence him a lot with like the the system that we work at AOJ and the style that we have. I think like that that's like the biggest impact like uh, in his game that we we were able to create like uh, technique wise. But uh, yeah, I was glad that like we were able to see that because I could see in training like week by week the improvement. But when he gets to competition, it's a totally different scenario, and uh, I didn't know if we were able, we would be able to exp to see that live. And uh, when that was happening, like in my mind, I was like, "Yeah, like that's exactly what I want." Like it's, uh, it's like it's showing like the result of the work. Like I, I didn't want to look like someone that is like just coaching the person and didn't have any influence, or is like trying to like, like just get my name attached to his victory at, at, at Worlds. Like, I, and that was one of the main things too that I was talking to him and uh, at, uh, before he joined like the training camp. I was like, oh, like I, I already have my work and already have the athletes that I have been working with. Like, I don't want it to look like I'm just like trying to pick back and like in your like uh, successful like campaign, you know? And uh, when everything was like uh, unfolding and uh, I saw that we would have the opportunity to show my influence in his jiu-jitsu, then uh, I, I was really happy. I was, I, I, I'm very satisfied with the way like his whole campaign like uh, was at Worlds. Yeah, Talison looked incredible. So congrats on Tynan and Talison's performances at Black Belt. That was a great achievement for you guys. Thank you. 
Let's move on to some of your lower belt competitors. Cole Abate and Gustavo Ogawa competed in the purple belt featherweight division, and they both made it to the final with Cole taking gold, and they looked incredible. Cole had, I believe, all submissions. Gustavo looked incredible as well. I, th- I believe he had some submissions. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about their 2022 Worlds campaign and how you felt they improved from maybe, let's say, from Pans, because I know they both competed in featherweight purple belt at that tournament as well. It, it's what I always tell them, uh, you have to use all the lower belts uh, as a way for you to prepare yourself for the black belt. Like our goal is always to be black belt world champions, ADCC champions like you. We we are training for the highest level that you can compete in jiu-jitsu. The competing uh, juvenile, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, it, it it's like a step stone that it's leading you to the right direction. So. There are tasks that you need to go through in order to see how close you are to that high level. And of course, like winning the competitions, it, it shows you that you're in the right direction, that you have a higher chance of winning in the black belt division. And there's a lot that happened like, in the in the background, like uh, Cole got injured uh, last year. Like I didn't want to release anything because uh, he had his name uh, in the to compete at the ADCC and uh, announcing that injury could like uh, somehow uh, be bad for him and uh, we were like just treating it and uh, was like w- was not the way we planned it I don't want to like to make it like sound like an excuse every time like you sign up for a competition I believe like you only sign up if you believe you have the chance to win right and uh, if like uh, he signed up for the competitions because we believe that he was uh, ready, you know. But like uh, there were a lot happened before and then uh, a lot happened after too. I think the result at bands made them feel that they needed to make some changes and like work even harder. They already like full time athletes with like a like outstanding commitment like so i just think like sometimes like uh, small losses or like setbacks along the way they are needed in order for you to keep that fire inside of you and desire to improve even more so i, I it's normal i think it's uh, something that will happen with everybody at some point of their career where like a uh, especially the way jiu-jitsu is like it's impossible to win everything every time because uh because there are so many high level athletes there's like so many competitions to win a competition you need to fight like six matches you know so like and the amount of of competitions that they do per year for sure that increase the chance of something bad happening is where they happening and uh, they end up losing but i Man, like they were amazing at world, so it's incredible. Like we we did a very like uh, strong preparation. Like Cole was like a hundred percent now. Like uh, his his preparation, like the last couple weeks before worlds, like he was like amazing in training. Like he was back where he he was uh, before he got injured, and that was my goal. I wanted him to compete at uh, worlds with like uh being a hundred percent you know and uh, and he was i was pretty confident that he was going to to win the division and uh 
purple belt featherweight, it's always a tough division that you get a lot of people. It's a huge bracket and uh, we got a lot of people, a lot of good competitors that live here, a lot of good competitors from Brazil that came to compete too. So it was a good test for them. And uh, yeah, Coast to meet every opponent. He competed against people that he competed before and he was not able to get submission. This time he was able to get submission. So same as uh, Tainan, it showed like uh, a lot of improvement in, uh, in his Jiu-Jitsu comparing it with like a previous uh, performance. And uh, Gustav was also amazing. Both of them are very dominant. Like there was no fight where like they were in risk or like they let it be a referee decision. Every fight like that, they had like a clear like win. And uh, I was very, very happy for them because like I think they, they're like a purple belt for only six months. They got um, they got their purple belt. Cole got right before Worlds last year, and Gustavo got after winning Worlds last year. So like they they compete like only a couple competitions. I think like two or three competitions as a purple belt. They're just uh, in the beginning. Yeah, they did amazing, and they displayed a lot of beautiful jujitsu. So congrats on both of their performances as well. I know you had a lot of other students competing in the lower belts. Was there anyone else that you wanted to highlight or talk about that had an exceptional performance in your eyes? Yeah. Uh, the juvenile group is always amazing. Uh, it's always uh, something that I like to highlight to you because uh, it's the beginning of the professional uh, jiu-jitsu career. You know? they, uh, they train and compete as a kid. But when they start going to the major competitions, like start competing in uh, European, Spain, Worlds, it's like a new cycle that starts. And uh, every year, like we have a very strong kids program. So every year we produce new juveniles that eventually become our lower belts and uh, eventually will be our black belt world champions, like the, like Tainé. And uh, yeah, I had like a, a lot of a lot of juveniles that that won and uh, they did really good it's just like their first like season as a professional athlete and uh, it's a i think it's a season of a lot of experience you discover a lot about yourself of, like uh, you put like it's a task like a mental task too because like that you build up as a kid you build up a lot of expectation to start doing like this kind of tournaments and uh, when it finally comes like it's like a lot of pressure on you but like they all did amazing they had amazing performance and like for sure like you guys are gonna see them shiny in the in the next uh, competitions like the na next belts they will become more and more uh, uh they will be even better competitors like in the future you guys are gonna know them for sure uh, one that I really want to highlight, and I think like she really deserves like the the spotlight, is uh, Shelb Murphy. Like she also came from our kids program, and uh, she won purple belt. Like I promoted her to purple belt last year, right before Worlds. She was like winning everything, and like I promoted her to purple belt. She won Worlds as a purple belt last year in the Rooster weight division, and then. Uh, she competed at uh, Europeans, she won Europeans, then she competed at Pants, she won Pants uh, as a purple belt, and then competed a couple of the Opens too, and uh, she just won another world title, and uh, yeah, I feel like 
she's like going in the same direction as like um like Tynan and uh, Jonathan and Jessa to like keep building her career as a lower belt and uh, get with like a strong as a strong name and uh get to the black belt as a strong name and uh w- w- was uh, amazing she displays a lot of uh or style of jiu-jitsu has a very good top game and connects a lot of techniques it's really fun to watch her because she's always fighting against uh flexible girls uh, it's always like uh, every time you watch someone that it's a good passer against someone that likes to be on bottom and it's flexible i think you see a good battle because uh, there are two people that are doing what they want to do and uh they're just trying to exchange his skills and uh and yeah I, was really good she she did amazing she especially the fact that she came from she was uh, started training jiu-jitsu at aoj so like she was brand new like she was a little kid in the kids program and uh, seeing her succeed now as like an adult purple belt it's amazing it's like i told you it's what makes me proud uh about my career like i want to be i love to be recognized as like a good competitor but uh i want i have uh, bigger plans i i want to be recognized as a coach and for uh, influencing people and helping them to achieve their goals in the sport and uh, i think that's what I, I i do best like i really like to do that i'm very passionate about that and uh, i'm like learning a lot to getting better too it's like uh, this the process like the coaching and uh, being a leader, it's basically like you have to go through the same experience that you do when you're becoming a professional athlete. It's like you learn a lot every time you train somebody, you have like different experience with students. It makes you grow and like more confident. So like I feel like uh, I'm like getting to a new level where like I'm more confident, especially with like Tainan winning like black, black belt world titles. That was something new that happened to me last year. I knew I could train people and like help them to win the lower belts, but like bringing someone up from being a kid to all the way to being a multiple time black belt world champion is something that makes me feel very confident as a, as an instructor, as a, as a coach. Your team had incredible results this weekend, and I thought it was really cool that you guys had a good presence as as a team at the Worlds, too. There were a lot of people cheering for Tynan and, mm-hmm. and Taliesin and all your students, so it was great to see the support for the AOJ crew. So I wanted to move on. I know you mentioned the level at the Worlds a couple times uh, throughout the interview, and the, the level was, was crazy this year. There were so many newer black belts who put on excellent performances. Was there anyone who stood out to you in the black belt divisions that you really enjoyed watching either from a technical perspective or there was something about their performance that you admired? Hey, like I I love to watch like the new generation. I think uh, I'm a very open-minded person and uh, I I know that jiu-jitsu is in good hands and like the more kids programs we have around the world, we're going to have more people starting at young age and uh, that means that we're going to create like uh, high level athletes at younger age and i think that's what's special about this sport it's evolving it's getting to uh to a new level where uh, people are like 18 and 19 years old and they're already superstars because uh, they start training when they were like five years old and 
I think this is new for the sport. Like I started training when I was um, 11 and I thought I had like a pretty fast run and very successful. Like I, by the time I was 20, I was winning black belt world titles already. But uh, this new generation is something completely different. Like they start training at five, by the time they're 11, they're already very good at jujitsu. And I was just starting at that age. And yeah, I just, uh, I think there are a lot of people for sure that I like to watch, but uh, the whole new generation, they, they are something different, something special because they start training jiu-jitsu younger. And that shows like the power of jiu-jitsu too. Like when, how you can uh, create people that are very confident and like they are very committed to their goals. And uh, at a young age, like you see 18-year-old, uh, they have the behavior of like a professional athlete and they're like, they look like, they act like they are like much older because uh, Jiu-Jitsu is teaching them these life lessons, like it's keeping them on track, doing the right things to become a professional. And uh, that's what I want for my kids to like, my kids start training Jiu-Jitsu not too long ago. I have a huge uh, kids program in the academy and I'm already able to see uh, jiu-jitsu impacting them so much. But like, uh, I want to see my kids uh, living that, uh, experiencing that too. Uh, my daughter is training, she is uh, six years old. My son is uh, four. He was there at, uh, at Worlds with me, like uh, following me around and uh, yeah, I, I even post like a photo of like him uh, with me while I was coaching, I think, Cole. And uh, it's really important for me that the younger generation see like how mature and how committed and uh, how respectful like the the younger athletes are, like uh, like Cole and Tynan. I always like, I tell them a lot about like how much they have to set an example for the younger kids. They're already instructors inside of the academy, but I want them to impact not only the people in the academy, but the whole jiu-jitsu community. I know that if like we create, uh, if this new generation, they are good examples, I think like uh, the next generation will be even better. Absolutely. The future is very bright for jiu-jitsu. And, and you mentioned a couple times your kids program and how important that is to, to AOJ. So to end the interview, I'd love to hear you talk about some advice you would have for someone who maybe they're starting jiu-jitsu at a very young age and they want to get to a position like Tynan or, or Cole or just, just be a champion in the sport. What, what are some pieces of advice that you think are imperative for them to really internalize if they're going to achieve those type of results? I, I think the most important is for you to be passionate about what you're doing. And uh, you, whenever you are young, you have to try to think about your future and you try to visualize things that will make you feel accomplished, that will make you feel happy. And uh, that's what I did when, uh, when I started training Jiu-Jitsu. Like, uh, my professor always like, tried to teach that to us, to like, try to visualize yourself like 10 years ahead and see, try to build an image that would make you feel proud of yourself would make you feel like happy about everything that you're doing. And then everything you do from now between then, between now and then is, uh, it will be to build that, that future that you're, uh, you're imagining. 
And uh, for the kids uh, that are starting jiu-jitsu or like even like younger uh, adults, like you have to be, in order to get good at something, you have to be passionate about it. Like try to see the things that you love the most in life and then like just try to make your life work around it. You know, like I, I was lucky enough to have like a, a huge passion for jiu-jitsu since like a young age. And uh, everything that I did was just to get better at jiu-jitsu and try to implement jiu-jitsu in, uh, in my lifestyle. And uh, with pushing yourself to new levels, you're going to learn how to be dedicated, like how to work hard and like the price that has to be paid in order to achieve things that are hard to achieve. And uh, this is all part of the process, but everything begins with uh, being very passionate about something. And uh, for me, it was jiu-jitsu. And, uh, our goal with the kids program is to is to help the kids to get passionate about the sport. So you you implement jiu-jitsu in their lives when they're like three. We start at three at, at the academy, and uh, it just keeps growing and growing. They need to love to be in the academy and be a part of like that lifestyle. And uh, the more it grows, like that passion grows, I think the more committed they will get. And hopefully, like in the next like five years, ten years, we're gonna have a lot of like Tynans and like uh, Jessa, Jonathan. Like we 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 have the potential to have a lot of people like them because uh, of the work that we're doing. We're building a very strong foundation with the kids program, and I I know we're gonna see the results uh, in the near future. That's awesome. That's amazing advice. And I once again want to congratulate you on the Hall of Fame induction, all your student success, and all the impacts you've had on the jiu-jitsu community in general. It's been really inspiring to see and just want to congratulate you once again. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the IBJJF podcast. Be sure to head over to IBJJF.com for the latest news and events from the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you.